Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting and the great outdoors. If you guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it, I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. All right. Hello, everyone. I am the host, Kyle Harmon of the Team Radical Podcast. And I know that I say this every single podcast, but really looking forward to tonight's podcast uh, just because we've got eight guys that have put down 12 birds in four different states in just a little over a week since the last time we've talked to you guys. And that's between Illinois, Kansas, Tennessee, and Missouri. So this is going to be an absolute loaded podcast. Try to make it go as fast as we possibly can. But uh, I'm going to start things right off and tell you a little bit about my update and what's transpired over the last week, week and a half here. So if you remember, I was hunting with my grandfather and we were coming close, but not quite. And then uh, just a couple days after that last podcast, uh, I was able to take my dad out turkey hunting. And it's probably the first time I've taken my dad out turkey hunting in, in a long time. And he just, between work and doing everything else, never really had the desire. And with having to remember to draw a tag and all that, he just hasn't turkey hunted hardly much at all. Uh, ever really during the spring season so I was really looking forward to that weekend and man it did not disappoint so long story short we uh, go in Saturday morning wake up and of course the the weather app says zero percent chance essentially of rain on that Saturday wake up that morning at 4 30 walk outside and it's drizzling rain and uh, it's a little more than a sprinkle it's it was <laughs> kind of a little harder than I liked uh, especially if you guys if you guys know with camera equipment it does not like rain so ideally we should have pro- we I thought about going to the blind but said no I wanted to do something a little different uh, getting a little tighter to the roost of these birds and that's what we did and we sat down got out there sat down it's pitch black dark and uh, uh, you know it's still drizzling rain but it was starting to let up so I was excited about that and it started breaking light, and sure enough, the turkeys just start gobbling all over the place. And there was at least six or seven different gobblers uh, within really relatively 200 yards, I'd say, of us. But then there was one gobble that gobbled, and this gobbler couldn't have been more than 50 or 60 yards from us on the roost. We had no idea he was there. So that was super cool. The hens were talking, and I haven't heard all season the hens talking like they were that morning. Uh, my dad actually said he thought there was someone out there calling because these hens were just going absolutely crazy and every type of vocalization you can imagine. Uh, there's one hen that kept doing a kiki run uh, time after time on the roost. Then there was another hen that sounded like a, a box call and just yelping as loud as you possibly could for the longest period of time you can imagine. And uh, it was super cool. And the birds started pitching down, and right off the bat, noticed that several of them flew across the river. Well, typically in the past, if they fly across that river right off the roost, the chances of getting them to come flying back over is very slim. Done it before, but it don't happen very often. So I was really worried that they were all going to try to do that. And so what I started doing when those hens hit the ground, the ones that were still on our side of the river, uh, I started mimicking exactly what the loudest hen was doing. And I was mimicking her. 
and she was firing right back at me. And, and let me tell you, the gobblers were just going crazy. Um, whatever we were going back and forth. And I typically don't like to call that much and that aggressive right off the roost, but this hen was answering back. So I just kept giving her back and giving it back and forth, back and forth. And my hope in that was to draw one of those gobblers with her to us. Well, unbeknownst to me, I was watching four or five gobblers over there to my left on the far ridge. And my dad is sitting on my right side and he sees a gobbler a lot closer than those other ones to our right. And I look over there and I can see it. And sure enough, that gobbler is about 75 yards and he is coming. He's coming to us. So I start getting fairly quiet and stop calling. We had a decoy set up. And if you remember on the last podcast, we talked about with those guys on the positioning of their decoys and how they had them set up. And Basically, every single guy in the last podcast said they had their their decoys in a in a breeding breeding hen position. So that's what I had that morning, and I had my hen flat on the ground, and I had my Jake decoy just behind her, uh, just off to the side of her, just a little bit. And long story short, that gobbler comes up the ridge, and as soon as he pops up on top, he's about sixty yards or so, and he can see that decoy. He can see our see my decoys. And so that's usually a telltale sign right there. When you know those turkeys see the decoys, they're either going to like it or they're not. And I could tell that as soon as this turkey seen the decoy, he, you know, popped his head up, looked at it, and then put his head down and went into full strut. So I was really optimistic when I saw that. And being that my dad has not turkey hunted in a long time, he, you know, Basically, when he has a clear shot, he thinks he's ready to shoot. And I kept telling him just to wait, just to wait. You know, this turkey was 55, 60 yards at that point, And uh, he was just strutting back and forth. Well, we were in the timber, so obviously this this turkey kept going left to right, left to right, left to right, and going in between trees. And I could see him, and then he couldn't. He could see him, then I couldn't. And I was worried I wasn't going to capture this all on video, but it ended up working out. The gobbler starts working closer to us and then comes to our left a little bit. And he's about 35 yards. And I think the turkey, I think the tom was definitely going to come in a little closer. But, you know, he was within range. He was open for my dad. He's open for me. I fired off on the turkey call. He gobbled. And just a couple steps later, my dad pulled the trigger and dropped him. And uh, dad ran up there and, you know, stood on his head or whatever and, got his first turkey there and that was just an incredible experience incredible morning so thankful i got captured it all on film uh, and if you guys didn't know it is live on our youtube channel now it is also live on our facebook page as well so you guys can watch it either place but absolutely incredible morning turkeys all over the place the vocalization was crazy tons of gobblers and my dad shot his first turkey and you know, he was super pumped. I was a pump. He was kind of in shock, to be honest, though, because first morning out, a little over an hour of just sitting there, and he's already got his and he got his first gobbler ever. So pretty incredible. And you know, I really, well, first of all, we brought him back home, and uh, my daughter, my two daughters, got to see him, and uh, it was funny seeing my dad and you know talking with his granddaughters, and it's just so cool. Such a surreal moment. And it took me really a couple of days to realize it. But after a couple of days, 
I realized that my dad actually called in the first gobbler I've ever shot over 20 years ago. And since that time, my dad has hunted maybe four or five times total ever for turkey again since then. And, uh, and I realized that I called in my dad's first gobbler. So I just think that is so cool that my dad called in my first gobbler and I called in his first gobbler 20 plus years later. It's such an incredible experience and super happy. And I, I basically told him he had to get that bird stuff because it's, it's something that, you know, when he's done with that turkey mount or whatever, I'll have that mount in my basement someday and know that that hunt was a very special hunt to me. And like I said just a little bit ago, that getting it on film and having that be a show is is so awesome to me where we can watch it together, the whole family can watch it and, and see it. And uh, anyways, just a fantastic hunt. My dad was pumped. I was pumped. Great hunt. Best hunt of the season by far. And, uh, you know, we waited a couple more days, and then I took my grandpa out again. And the last two hunts we've had together with, and – the last two hunts we've had together was two days after my dad shot that bird. We went out, and then we went the following day after that, too. And I will say the gobblers, the, the turkeys, like, light switch went off. It uh, it has not been good the last couple times out. They've been flying across the river, talking very little on the roost. Actually, that first morning out, um, I think the one on the roost only gobbled twice and never heard a peep out of them again all morning. And then the, the following morning we went, they gobbled a little bit more, but they hit the ground, didn't say a word. And uh, we did call in a couple of jakes, I guess, but uh, didn't shoot those, obviously, this go-around. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting a little more foliage on the ground for um, hunting with my grandfather. I think that's one thing that's killing us because one thing I've realized about our property is it's really good uh, the first several times out, you know, that first and second season. And then there's kind of a, a dull period there, in, in basically in the middle until later season, and you get more foliage on the ground. And I feel like that's that's something that definitely helps us on our property because where we're hunting these birds at is basically a big oak ridge. And so it's really open, and those turkeys can see a long way. Whereas when we get a lot of foliage on the ground, you know, those turkeys won't be able to see as far. We can hide a little better and basically make those turkeys have to come closer to search for the source of the sound, and they won't be able to rely on their eyesight as much. So really looking forward to hopefully maybe end of next week. Uh, we'll get after it again. But uh, anyways, enough with me. I want to hop right into this with, with these guys because, man, I'm telling you, some incredible stories across Illinois, Kansas, Tennessee, and Missouri Really looking forward to this podcast. Hopefully you guys get something out of it. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Share this stuff. Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to get started right now. We are going to hop on the phone with Sean McCrory, who has had just an absolute incredible season. All right, now on the phone I've got Sean McCrory. How you doing? How you doing, Sean? You're driving back from Tennessee right now, aren't you? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Driving back with a little heavy, little heavier load than I started with. Well, that's always a good thing, I hope. But um, I guess yeah. 
Sean, last time we left off, you know, you were just absolutely smashing Kansas, Nebraska, and everything, and then you had Missouri opener just this past month or just this past Monday. Uh, walk us through that because I think you and Stormy both had had success that morning. Oh yeah, we got back from uh, Nebraska on Sunday. I think that was the last podcast we did talking about that shooting five birds seven days on public. Then, uh, yeah, we got back on Sunday, got up Monday morning for Surrey's opener, uh, got set up early in the morning and heard some birds gobbling, made some moves on them, and ended up, wasn't on purpose, ended up about 25, 30 yards from them on the roost. Now is this is this is this is this is, is this private ground that you've hunted before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. this is uh this is my personal farm. Right on. So yeah, we we've got start hearing them start gobbling kind of late. In my head, I had the tree that they were in, so I was making moves on them and kind of dropped down below this hill and popped up the, at the base of the hill and looked up. There was two toms standing on the limb about 25, 30 yards in front of us. So we kind of just slowly sat down where we were at. And they started, they, I guess they never saw us because they started gobbling immediately. And it wasn't 10 minutes later, the first one pitched down about 15 yards from Stormy. And she absolutely annihilated him as soon as he hit the ground. And uh, I had... Uh, hit the call as soon as she shot the other birds start gobbling again he ended up flying down kind of to the bottom of the hill and just to where i could see nothing but his head and neck and story was sitting a little higher than i was i asked her how far he was and she said i think he's probably 35 or 40 yards i had my 20 gauge she was up with 12 and i tried i tried the shot my gun shoots great at 35 yards my 20 gauge does and uh, he ended up being about 50. I didn't even uh, get a tell on him. He started gobbling. He actually gobbled at my shot. Oh, man. So you and, missed. Uh, oh, yeah. Clean I, miss. I missed bigger than that. Yeah. He, uh, he gobbled the whole way over and ended up over on the neighboring property. And he loaded Stormy's bird up, and she headed off to work. She killed him before she had to go to work that morning. So I was off on my own, called in Jake's, a few different, few different groups of Jake's after that. And uh, one group, I, I would have met the farm that they were two times the way they sounded, but they ended up being two Jake's. The, uh, that's all I have. That's a, one of my farms has a group of five Jake's and a group of three Jake's, and not one gobbler on there, from what I can tell on my cell cameras. Wow. So after that, loaded up, drove about 45 minutes to another farm that I have, and got out of the truck, made a short walk, hit a call. Bird gobbled. He could have been 50 yards from me when he gobbled. I sat down right where I stood, and uh, it wasn't 30 seconds later, he was sitting in my lap, and I had him down. It was a pretty incredible opening day of the season. Wow. So – First day, you and Stormy are both both got a bird down. And in Missouri, do you get just one bird? Is it is that tagged out, or do you get? Are you allowed to kill more than one bird? You, 
you're allowed to kill one more than one bird, but you're only allowed to kill one bird the first week of our season. Gotcha. And come Monday, this guy or tomorrow, Monday, I'll uh, I'll have another my other tag to come valid again. Gotcha. So. Well, after you guys killed after you guys killed those birds, you didn't stop there. You just uh, you've got turkey hunting so bad in your blood, you had to go somewhere to hunt turkeys. So, uh, what what you decide to do then uh, after you you tagged out in Missouri at least for the opening week? Um, where'd, uh, where'd you go from there? I basically I basically sent a Snapchat out after I killed my bird, and I said, uh, "Well, where am I go? Where where should I go hunting this weekend?" I sent it out about everyone I knew and I put on my story and people are shooting stuff out and my buddy Josh Christensen messaged me and says, Hell come to Tennessee. He said we got we got a bunch of birds and a bunch of public here. And I couldn't turn that down so uh, when I got off work Thursday I loaded up the truck and headed uh, headed south. So that was kinda cool. So you uh, so you went to Tennessee you're hunting public in Tennessee then? Yep. I, that was there. Josh has got 70 acres there in Tennessee. We were, we were going to do some hunting on, never ended up hunting it. Uh, there was a big piece of public on Kentucky Lake that, uh, I thought was going to have birds on it. It's, I mean, a huge fat patch of public ground. Never really got onto anything there. Saw some jakes. Uh, after that, I headed to a different piece of ground and a little bit further away from Josh's house and got on a ton of birds there. Uh, ended up getting on several of them the first day on the public, but couldn't get it done. They ended up over on private ground. And on the way back from the public, heading back to Josh's house, spotted a group of birds out in the uh, private field and got on my Onyx, figured out who owned it, went and knocked on the door. And uh, they were like, yeah, absolutely. Turkey hunted away. But they made mention, they said, well, we can't have you deer hunt here, but you can turkey hunt all you want. I said, well, that's all I want to do is kill turkeys. And went out there and ended up belly crawling up on the birds about seven times before they actually ended up in range and kept strutting back and forth. I bet I belly crawled a quarter mile back and forth on these birds and uh, ended up shooting one of them. Wow. Great big uh, 11 and a half inch beard, inch and a quarter spurs, 22 pounds. Thanks. I'm not, not a trophy bird hunter. If they're a gobbler and, and they want to play the game, I, I don't have any prejudice about shooting any of them. Right, right. That's a heck of a gobbler. Now, were you doing like a reaping style or were you just literally uh stalking them blind um and trying to just get close to them i was belly crawling through a i don't know what kind of feed it is it's some type of tall yellow flowery weed that grows up in the crop fields i guess where they oh those yellow mustard they, uh, those uh, yellow mustard plants or whatever about three or four foot tall four foot or so Okay. I was yep. belly crawling through those in the middle of the field and was able to crawl within 30 yards of that. Well, there was probably 25, 30 birds out in the field. I thought there was only three. When I shot, they all flew up. Wow. But, yeah, it was just a, I never, never even put a call in my mouth on them. I just, I 
saw a path that I thought I could get to him on and got on my belly and snaked my way to him. But, I mean, they kept strutting back and forth. And I, every time I think I'd get close enough to them, I'd pop up and they'd be 100 yards away again. So they're strutting, strutting away from you, it seemed like. They're just strutting back and forth on this ridge. And I, it took me three times to realize what they were doing, that they were going to come back to where I was. I thought they were going away from me. But they uh, they were just strutting back and forth on the ridge, and eventually I just waited for them, and they came back. And I was able to, gotcha. able to shoot so them. But no, I, no decoys, no calls, no nothing. Just stalk up to them and I, get in range. And, and I don't hardly shoot. ever. I don't ever hardly carry a decoy. Right on, right on. So that was that, hunting, was that was that was that was that your first day there? Yeah, that was that was my first day there. Wow, awesome, awesome. So I, the trip started off pretty hot. I, I was riding that high, and in Tennessee, you're allowed to kill you're allowed to kill three birds, and but only one per day. Okay. So I had three days to hunt. So I got that burned down the first day. That was mid-afternoon. Went back. I was absolutely exhausted. I think we fell asleep. I fell asleep before uh, 8 o'clock that night. Right on. So what was your your next game plan? I mean, were you going to go hit up some different public now? You still hear me? Yeah, what'd you say? I, something happened with my 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 phone there. So you you got that you first yeah you got the first bird down okay. and you fell asleep at, before eight o'clock. Now what's now what's the game plan? You go into public the following day? Or? Yeah, well, so that morning and uh, decided I was going to uh, still tough it out. Got out there right at daylight, didn't hear anything off the roost, uh, set up on this big power line, and it wasn't probably a half an hour after daylight, uh, a bird started ripping in the power line. I was able to make a few moves on him, got within what I thought was on the same ridge as he was on, and hit him with a call. He hammered back to me, and it's, I mean, raining as hard as it can rain during this. I couldn't believe it was happening the way it did. So, so this gobbler, call, this, this gobbler, back. this gobbler is hammering in the pouring down rain. Oh yeah, I mean, right flat, on. as hard as it can rain. So he's got to be, know. he's got to be pretty close I, if you can hear him gobbling and it's pouring oh, that hard. The first gobble, he was within a hundred yards in a in a in a power line up with me right away. Right on. I was able to make a move around the hill. Because I, I wasn't nearly on the same ridge as he was on there. He would have had to cross a big gully to get to me. So I made the moves to get on this same ridge as he was. Hit a call. He gobbled back. I shut up on him. And he popped his head over the hill. And the gobbles that I heard, I wasn't quite positive whether they were Jake's or a Jake gobble or a Tom gobble. I'd seen some Jake's previously in that, in that same uh, right away. So I wanted him to get all the way over the hill to make sure he was a Tom. And he never popped his head all the way over the hill to where I could see his beard. And so I elected not to shoot. And as he walked down the ridge, he got to about 75, 80 yards, and he popped all the way over, and he had a hell of a rope on him. So I, I 
passed up a time on accident. But I didn't want to risk shooting Jake that early in the morning on my second day. Yep, don't blame you. Don't blame you. So, so he, he ended up working off over on some private ground, and it wasn't 10 minutes later I heard a shot over on the private. Sure, he got waxed because he wasn't gobbling there this morning either. Yeah, is it still pouring down rain at this point? But, oh, yeah, it rained all day yesterday. Gotcha. So I left there, got on, got into the truck. There's quite a few fields on this piece of public. I knew in the rain the turkeys were going to want to come out in the open. Saw a whole bunch of jakes, uh, several hens out in the field, no toms. Decided to get at, get back out of the truck. There was a there's an interior field inside of that public ground that was probably three acres that I wanted to go check out, but it was like a probably close to a mile walk back into it. Got back to there, there was three toms in that field. I just kind of doing what they do in the rain, standing there looking miserable. So I, I put on my belly the crawl pants on again and got down on my stomach and used the terrain to kind of get weaseled my way closer and never could get in quite shotgun range. That was, I, was, I was within eyesight of those birds for probably two and a half, three hours getting pounded in the rain. Just never could get, never could get inside that 40-yard park on them. Yep. And uh, I ended up going... I think one of them ended up kind of seeing me and ended up putting back off into the timber. I'm not real sure, but they weren't responsive to calls or anything like that, so there wasn't really any plan to kill them. I was going to leave them the next day, day, I guess. So made the journey back to the truck, got back to the truck. I'm absolutely soaked all the way to my underwear. And started driving and saw some more birds on a piece of private. And knocked on another, got on Onyx, figured out the landowner on that piece. And it was only like a 15-acre piece, but it had birds on it, or I saw birds on it. Knocked on the door. The guy comes to the door. I asked him about turkey hunting. He goes, well, there ain't no turkeys on my place. I said, well, if you don't mind me trying, I wouldn't mind giving it a shot. He goes, knock yourself out. You can have, have at it. About 10 minutes later, I come walking back to his door with a gobbler in my hand. He was blown away. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) He said, you killed that bear? I said, yeah, he was right behind your hay barn. Oh, man. So did you call him in or did you stalk stalk that one too? I I stalked that. They were were just standing there looking miserable like turkeys do in the ring. Yep, yep. And, uh. I offered to give the guy a turkey breast, and he, he said, man, I'd love to, but I don't know how to cook them. So I tried to give him a recipe, but he still said he'd just enjoy it. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of times, if you, you get permission somewhere and you offer him something like that or you lead off with that, if I get one, you know, I, I, I'd be willing to part with one of the breasts. Most people are just head over heels to let you hunt on them. I've asked permission seven or eight times this year and haven't gotten one no yet. Man, that's incredible. That's on, incredible. On private ground. That's incredible. And sticking yeah, it sticking it out in the pouring down rain, man, that uh that had to be miserable, period. Um well I but you got I had the job three days done. and I drove Yeah. I had three days and drove four hundred miles. I was uh one way. I was kind of dedicated to Yep. It, Don't blame me one bit. One way or the other. 
Yeah, it don't matter what the weather is when you you put in those miles in time, and you're, you're going to make your time worthwhile one way or the other. That that that's incredible, Sean. Uh, so you've got let me let me I can't even add them all up, but you've got Kansas, Nebraska, Tennessee, and Missouri. How many birds is that between you and Stormy yep. in those four states? We've got nine so far. Nine birds in four states. That is incredible. Yep. And Monday, Monday, Missouri, our Missouri tag becomes valid again. So hopefully we can make that uh, ten or eleven. Yep, I have I have faith, no doubt that that's gonna that turkeys are gonna be in trouble again. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, man, safe travels the rest of the way, safe travels the rest of the way home. Um, congrats again, man! Incredible trip, and like I said, I, I that's just crazy to me. Nine birds in four different states. I don't know if that's if it's a slam or not a slam. I don't care, but I can tell you that's a heck of a slam. <laughs> nine nine birds in four states in what two weeks? Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Incredible. I, today was the first day that I hunted with a shotgun there where I didn't come back with a bird. I had to leave him gobbling whenever I left this morning. Oh, man, I bet that, that ate you up. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Stormy was going to skin me alive if I didn't end up back in the house sometime in a reasonable hour today. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Got to keep that home front on the right. on the happy side for sure. But Well, hey, man. Oh, uh, congrats again, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you again here the end of next week or something like that to uh, get an update on the remainder of your Missouri season because I have no doubt you're going to probably yep. smash another one or two in Missouri with Stormy. So. Yeah, ho- ho- hopefully so. I got Missouri and another trip back to Nebraska maybe. Wow. You are eight up, man. Eight up, but I love it. <laughs> so, I love it, too. All right, Sean. Well, you have a safe trip back the rest of the way back, and uh, now we're going to hop on the line with Nate Adamson. He had some awesome luck on public land there in southern Illinois. So, Take care. All right, Sean. You have a good one. Yep. See you, Kyle. All right. Now on the line, we've got Nate Adamson. How you doing tonight, man? Good, man. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing good. We just uh, smoked some ribs on the GMG tonight for about the last five hours. Which was Sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's it was really good. It's just a pain. Um, I was cutting firewood and doing a whole bunch of other stuff, whatever. But uh, sure, not it, to rub it in. I I had a uh, halfway fresh. Uh, I had a, one of the turkey breasts uh, from that bird I got the other day on GMG today. Oh, uh, nice. Tastes good. Yeah, turned out excellent. Got some recipes coming, so can't beat uh, that. Oh yeah. Well, hey man, oh, yeah. I want to catch uh, our listeners up to up to speed here. So sure. after the last time we talked, I think you went on a hunt uh, with a buddy of yours. Is that right? Yep, buddy Eric. He uh, he's got a decent sized property. Uh, got access to a, a lot of neighboring property um, just south of me, a few hours. So uh, got up together with him, drove down, and had an awesome hunt with him. Uh, it was a week ago from. The- yesterday uh, pretty good hunt uh got on birds quickly right off the roost however they were hinned up and, uh i quit talking for a couple hours and we uh kind of just hung out with them until one fired back up and uh 
we uh, we were in the right game. It ended up working out great. Um, we were on a ridge. Uh, we were separated from the birds by a big ravine, but the ridge we were on had a ton of scratchings on it. And, uh, we just stayed over there and called a little bit. And uh, this ridge it is pretty pretty long. Um, but anyway, he, he never, none of the birds fired up. So we, we kind of went in the opposite direction where we heard a, a distant gobble uh, earlier that morning. Um, but hell, when we started walking away, we got about 300, maybe 200 yards away from where we started out at and called. And there is a bird literally where we were just sitting at uh, for a couple hours. So I don't know if he was already coming uh uh, our way and uh, just hammered, you know, because uh, felt like we we're moving away from him or what. But we called again and he he answered again. So we sat down and man, he, he closed that distance in a matter of seconds. I feel like it was a it was an awesome, typical mid morning hunt, you know, uh, just waiting them out and uh, once they fire back up, you know, uh, so being able to close the deal on one and. Yeah, so what, what, time of, in the right spot. what time of morning was that Then that you called him back in? Uh, 10.30, I do believe. 10.30? He, he, we you? heard him gobble again around 10 o'clock, and then uh, uh, once we got set up and started calling again, he gobbled, and then it was a matter of seconds after that. Gotcha. And did you guys use new decoys or no? Uh, we had uh, one hen decoy. Gotcha. One hen decoy. And it was, uh, we pointed it in the opposite direction. Uh, and it was kind of, uh, in a good spot where he, by the time he came around and seen it, he was going to be within 100 yards of it. Um, so it wasn't like in a spot where you could see it all the way through the woods or on a logging road. He actually had to come up over this knoll and then he'd be in the, in the flat where the decoy was. And, point in the opposite direction so it uh it was all all worked out great really and uh stayed quiet on the call once he once he gobbled the my call um i think he he gobbled once on his own and then i answered him and then i shut up and then he just he came running man uh i shouldn't say running because we couldn't really see him but he he was on us in a matter of seconds he was within gun range i would say within a minute of uh him gobbling the last time and we only knew he was, he was there because he was spitting drumming and <laughs> trying to find him you know with the eyes and the camera so it was kind of hectic but uh it, it was a cool hunt cool hunt for sure right on right on so big bird then i'm assuming um i, I think he had an 11 inch beard and inch first nice. two year old i'm assuming nice yeah good rope on him that was nice and thick Heck yeah! Well, so yeah, you, you he was got, a heavy bird too. Right on. So you got Eric a bird, and then yep. from there, um, I know me and you talked, but you were going back down to Southern Illinois and was going to hunt some old stomping grounds there. When did you go there, and what was the game plan there? Um, my permit came in Thursday, um, just this past Thursday, but I went down Wednesday night. Uh, I got off work and. I was trying to get down there in time to roost, and luckily I did. I only had about 20 minutes from uh, the time I hopped out of the truck to the time they 
uh, he quit gobbling. And I, uh, I literally had about a, a, a 30 yard block, but I, I ran it like 10 minutes. And I just, I got out of the truck and I cooked back there. He, uh, I ended up finding a bird. He gobbled twice. And I said, that's all he needed to. I, I had him pinpointed almost to the T on where he was at. Uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so, um, I, so so that night you were having some second thoughts of going in there to hunt it or not, though. Even though you had the bird roosted, you were having some oh, second yeah. thoughts. Hell, I was, I was having second thoughts about the spot before even going there and, like, roosted. I always want to, like, start there just because, like we talked, that's my stomping grounds. And, uh, but it's uh, with the fourth season permit and all the mushroom hunters I know that go back there, and turkey hunters i was just it, it's a spot that's only a couple hundred acres in size i just figured it was it, it's it's an early season deal that's it you know and i guess we but should be buddy, i guess i guess we should be clear so we haven't mentioned it yet but this is public ground this piece yes yes yeah yep yep shawnee national forest right yeah i just uh, i grew up hunting it my whole life with friends and family and uh, i just know it pretty well but i, I wrote it off but uh, a buddy of mine was mushroom hunting a few days prior to that down there, uh, back into that spot. And, uh, he heard a bird gobble and found a nest. So I was like, well, maybe it's worth a shot. So with only having, you know, 20 minutes to roost, uh, Wednesday night, I was like, that, that was the quickest spot I could get into anyways. And, uh, yeah, man, he, he gobbled down in there and I, I was extremely precise on marking him on Onyx on where he was at. I mean, I had him, I would say within 20 yards of where my, my pen was marked. And, uh, and it is just an epic, epic hunt, man. I, I just, well, I was so sketched out, though, about going in there. Well, and yeah, you, because because you, you said, you're like, Kyle, he's literally got to do this one thing. If he, it's he, the he, only he, way he, it's going to work out. Right. You, he can't do any other option or it's game over. And I just wasted yeah, wasted, with, wasted a morning hunt. With the way this ridge tip runs out, he was roosted on public, but not very far on public. I'm talking feet, maybe even right on the line. And with the way this ridge tip runs runs out, he's almost got to fly in the opposite direction from where I know they like to go because there's a cattle pasture, uh, you know, just I guess southwest of him, and he would he would have had to fly uh, northeast to me. So it was almost, I felt like I was going to have to pull him backwards. You know what I mean? Or, uh, what I, I just knew that the, the, the odds were extremely low. And I knew with the little room I had to work with, he was going to have to pitch down, um, within that bubble, within gun range, right off the land. And that's exactly what he did. But I, well, take you, us, take you us kind of help me talk me into it. You know, because I was sketched out about yeah. it. You trusted your gut, man, and uh, uh, obviously, well, I, obviously, I, obviously pays off. But uh, I figured, I figured that going in there, like I can get back. Get, I can, if it if it does not work out, and I'll you'll know like that once he hits the ground. It's either in my lap, I shoot him and carry him back to the truck, or he's going the opposite direction, and then I can just hightail it back to the truck and go to my original plan A, and uh, that will. A completely different side of the county, but uh, I just—it's it, like we talked about on the phone that night. Uh, it's 
why should you leave a bird that you know is there and is, uh, you know, you got a good beat on them. And even if you only do have a small chance, you still got to give it a shot. Um, especially in my situation where I literally only had two days to hunt. Um, and that, that was it for that tournament. I, I was over. So, right on. Uh, so I just thought my, my chances were better elsewhere. But again, why leave a rooster bird when, when there is a chance there, you know? Yep. So walk us through yeah. that, that morning. Um, you, you wake up, what, what time are you getting in there? How early do you want to be I, are you using decoys? What are you doing? I'm getting in there as early as possible just because with where he is roosted, for one, I was going to have to not walk directly underneath of him, but close enough. And I wanted to set up. I, I knew my, my only set up spot was going to be within within 100 yards max of, of uh, this turkey. So it, if, it, if it was warm enough, I probably would have set my sleeping bag up there and slept underneath the son of a gun. But I went back to camp, you know, camped out, whatever. But I, I left the truck at 3.30, and I was sitting underneath that bird at a quarter after four. Um, and then it, it started getting uh, – I, I, I refused. I did not want to use decoys. I was just I, – I knew I would have had to get it, get it, like, far enough away from me to where he could see it, and that probably would, would have been, like – out of range for me and I probably wouldn't have been able to see it because of the way this, this slope drops down, uh, drops down harsh and it, you'll see it on the videos. Just, I was pretty much sitting on the side of the side of the hill and he had to fly down to the lip of it, um, for me to get a shot. So I opted to not even use the decoy and I just went in there and I found the biggest tree closest to him to where I thought he was and I pushed out all the leaves got all my camera gear set up and I just waited and it was about 5 o'clock I just heard drumming and I just started scanning trees man because I felt like he was he was close if I'm hearing the drum and, and then I see him and he's silhouetted perfectly and he's strutting on a limb at, at, uh, I ended up walking it off it was 63 paces from where I sat down at um, oh, wow. Long story short, he did exactly. And the only thing that the only way it's going to work, like I said, is he's got to fly down in my lap, and that's exactly what he did. And uh, when he did, he hit the ground and gobbled one time. He, he probably hit the ground at 25 yards from me. He gobbled one time, and it was pointed right, right my direction, coming up up the hill, and it was just so loud, man, like. It was one of those gobbles you felt through your body. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it just it, uh, and I couldn't see him because of the the way the the knoll was with the bridge lift. And then uh, then I just see the top of his fan. He's in full strut, fifteen yards, and he caught he caught me repositioning the camera, raised up, but my gun was already on. Uh, I wish I wish I could say I smoked, but I didn't. I had to had to wrangle him down a little bit and uh, ended up with a nice little black eye in the process. But uh, I got him, dude. I got him, and it was, it was just I can't wait for everybody to see the video. Yeah, I can't either. Especially awesome. when, when he's talking about this strawberry. Uh, oh, thought he got scoped. Thought he got scoped, but well, with all the adrenaline and stuff going on, I thought it was the stock of the gun. Like I was just bored down on it, but 
I think after the fact, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing all the scratches on my forehead, too, I, I think that that booger ended up giving me a lick somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, wait till you guys wait till you guys see this because. Uh, it's a pretty good strawberry. I'm like, cause he's like, yeah, the, I got scoped and uh, he sent me the POV angle of him shooting his gun. I'm like, man, it didn't look like you got hit by the scope or nothing or you know, I, at all. I couldn't have gotten scoped because I don't have a scope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he got hurt wrestling with this turkey, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But a bitter, a bittersweet uh, turkey for you, I know, because you you've told me you told me you know this is something that you've been a place you really wanted to get a bird, uh, just because it's yeah. some old stomping grounds, and you fe- felt like you've been and you've been cursed for oh uh, yeah quite a few years. You yep. said oh yeah, yep. I was extremely close uh, uh, last year with Bojack and. Uh, You'll see that in the video too. Had the opportunity, uh, I chose, but uh, it's uh, I'm glad to get that monkey off my back. It's a it's a spot that's near and dear to my heart. And, uh, it's just it's always good to get back up in there where it all started for me, and uh, and to make it happen again, and uh, in in the fashion that it that it happened, and it was just it was just awesome. That is awesome. It was just awesome. So you guys make sure you tune in to the Team Radical uh, YouTube channel. It'll be on Facebook as well. Uh, we should be seeing that this coming week here pretty yeah. soon. I would I would say. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on it as we speak. Uh, hopefully next weekend at Max. Uh, hopefully have that out to you guys. So. Right on. Definitely an episode I'm looking forward to watching too. So. Uh, with no further ado, man, uh, what's your plans going into this week or into next week? And you got more tags? You going with somebody? What's going on? Uh, well, my buddy Dave again. He's got another permit uh, for his farm. Um, there's always the opportunity to go hunt with him again. Uh, Nikki's got another permit for next weekend, so there's the opportunity to get out with uh, those two. Um, as far as myself goes, I got another fifth season and uh, here in Illinois again. Um, still wanting to go out of state, and, uh, considering Missouri, uh, but I'm definitely making a trip to Minnesota uh, halfway through uh, May, and that'll probably be it for me for the year. So, got a few hunts left, and uh, Minnesota will be fun. I'm looking forward to that, but still going to try, like I said, to. Uh, get to Missouri or Kentucky yet? So right on. Just uh, just kind of up in there at the moment. Right on. Still rolling high on that last kill. I hear you. I hear you. I knew you were super stoked about it. I couldn't wait to get on here and listen to it because I can't. I'm I'm more excited about watching this story because I, I know you're going to do a really 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 good job with it. So really looking forward to watching. Yeah, it. it's, it's going to be sweet. Heck yeah. Well, hey, man, we're going to hop off here, get on to the next guy, but congrats again, man, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again here real soon. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. We'll see you guys. Yep. We'll see you, Nate. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Here on the phone, I've got Jake Vansel. If you didn't know, Jake Vansel is one of the OGs of Team Radical. He's been around a long time, but he has not been on the podcast yet, I don't think. Have you, Jake? I have not, Kyle. I uh, actually don't kill a lot of stuff, so... I'm not welcome on the podcast, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it is kind of nice because people aren't looking at you, and you don't have to worry about what to do with your hands the whole time. So yeah, you just talk, and uh, you did have some success last week. So 
I know you were in Iowa. What were you doing in Iowa? Well, I picked up some extra work. Uh, buddy needed some help up there. So I took some vacation days at, at my regular job and, and we went and I think it was like 600 and 605 fruit trees that we planted up there, the big 15 gallon ones. Uh, those, and, were, those were some long days, I'm sure. Oh yeah. I bet. I was hurt for the next whole week. So you were, but, you uh, had a, you had a turkey tag though, back here in Illinois that was that weekend though, right? Oh yeah. And I, uh, one of the stipulations was we had to be back by Saturday. So, well, you, so you leave Iowa on Friday after you guys planted trees all day. Yeah, there was four of us that planted uh, 180 trees that Friday. Holy cow. Uh, and that's fenced, tubed, and staked. And we got done at probably, oh, 8 o'clock in the evening. And we drove straight through. Um, we had to have a couple stops to drop some people off. But uh, I ended up getting home at around 3 a.m. So it was a little rough. Yeah, and you weren't going to go, right? Oh, I no. I actually shut my alarm off. I, uh, I was like, yep, I'm not going to make it. I don't have it in me to wake up and or stay awake for another two hours. So I, uh, I just shut my alarm off, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe on Sunday. But uh, I just happened to wake up. Um, I hunt with my buddy Derek and woke up from a text from him around seven. He said, turkeys are gobbling everywhere. And that about got me out of bed, but I was exhausted. Couldn't feel my arms, my legs from all that work. So about 30 minutes later, he goes, just shot one. (laughs) Well, now I got to get up. So I get everything together, get all the camera equipment together, and it's about an hour drive from my house. So I get there at like 9.45. Wow. And uh, Buddy Derek's not there. And I texted him, I go, well, where are you at? He goes, well, I had to go to the gas station. had to pick up a case of beer. He, uh, he, had, uh, he inherited his grandpa's shotgun, and um, he finished putting the finishing touches on that shotgun. And then his grandpa's favorite beer was old Milwaukee. So in celebration of that, he was going to the gas station to get a case of old Milwaukee. Oh, nice. So I waited, I waited for him to get back and, uh, we decided to go towards the blind and it's about 10 o'clock now and we're getting going towards the blind and I get about to the blind and start talking to him. I'm like, you know what? let's just do a hot lap around the property call as we go. And if I kill one, I kill one. If not, I'll take pictures and drink a celebratory beer with you. So we get probably 200 yards from the blind and I'm following Derek on this clover path around the property and we're rounding this bend and he comes to a dead stop. And I look up ahead of him, and there's three toms at, like, 30, 40 yards coming right to us, all heads down, eating. So we hurry up and back up, and we go into the into the brush on the side, and we just wait. And I'm 
fumbling around trying to get all my camera equipment out, the GoPro, Tacticams, everything. Because everything's strapped to my back, so I throw my backpack down and, and get everything on the tripod and everything. And they're rounding the bend here at 30 yards. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty intense. Like I didn't even have time to get excited cuz I was just worried about getting all the camera stuff up and and trying to figure out where my shot was going to be if they were going to go in the woods and they actually started going in the woods. Um I don't know if they had seen us or anything, but uh they started going off into the woods and I ended up I don't know if he was the biggest one or not, but um the last one I made a, and you'll, once you guys see this video, it is the worst turkey sound you will ever hear in your life <laughs> To for them to try to put their heads up. But they gobbled at it. I think it was like a shock gobble because they really didn't know what it was. What did it sound like? Give me an idea. <laughs> Dude, I. Just try to, try to do it. It was a cross between like a Yeti. And and I don't even know, dude. It it was bad. Like I was I was watching the video and I was about embarrassed to show anybody. To be quite honest with you, well, no, I really can't wait to show everyone. <laughs> like I think I scared the turkeys is why they gobbled. So did you even have a call in your mouth or was it? Oh, oh no, no, no. Oh my. Purely purely natural vocals buddy oh boy how about that sounded wonderful oh yeah it didn't go well but they gobbled and uh the last one lifted his head up and i mean so i was hunting with a gun for the first time and i don't know how long and we were so close that when i got up to that turkey after blasting him the wad was literally right by him i think the wad might have knocked him out Jeez. so how far was the shot it was like thirty yards, maybe. Wow! So you, he, they didn't even have to put—they never put on a show or nothing. I mean, you just walked there up was, to them and Kyle. There was absolutely no skill involved in this hunt. <laughs> well, hey, you'll take it, right? I, I, because and I got spoiled because this whole week I've been chasing turkeys on an IRAP spot, and I can't even get one to gobble anywhere. Yeah, man. Do you think they're there or do you think they're checked out? Yeah, because um, that first day um, I waited till light and didn't hear any gobbles, which was kind of depressing. But then I went into the creek and, and walked the creek, the whole and found, property. found freaking Arrowhead. Like I a r- really nice one. I did, but I was actually turkey scouting as I, well. I, uh-huh, I bet. But there was turkey tracks all over. I didn't get it. And then this morning – um, perfect morning, no wind, sun, wasn't that cold, not a gobble anywhere. There's turkey tracks all over the place. I didn't see one fly down, nothing. Huh. So I don't know. I was just lucky to get that one bird. I mean, I don't even know if you would call it hunting. Well, what was he? Was he a big bird, a small bird or what? Um, to be honest. It was probably about average, about nine, nine inch beard, um, three quarter inch spurs. I don't know if he was the biggest one, but heck, I, I don't care. He put his, he put his head up first, right? Well, the other two were going in the timber in the, in the middle bird. Um, 
was kind of in line with him. So I had to wait for a second and that middle bird kind of took a couple steps while he was gobbling, which actually saved me. Um, <clears throat> so that cleared up that first one for me to take that shot. Right on. So you and your buddy, Derek, both got a gobbler off that same piece of property that morning. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. His, his had a little bit more skill involved. He actually called his in and shot it with his grandpa's shotgun. And I kind of just showed up and followed him around and we got lucky. <laughs> hey, you take it, right? Yeah. So now what, do you have another tag or are you done after this IRAP thing's done? Yeah. Well, I got third season. Uh, I got a couple more days to go on it yet. Tomorrow's supposed to be 80 degrees, but it's supposed to be super windy. But I think Tuesday might be the money day. Right on. It's going to be hot. I'm going to have to get out the the mosquito repellent. But Yeah. Are you going to go to try to roost them or not? No. I like just gambling and walking around aimlessly. Because <laughs> every time I roost them, I never hear anything. So kind of with the gas prices, you know, I kind of quit wasting my money on that. Uh, yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, well, you got a couple days left then, so hopefully you get one then. And do you have another tag after that or is that it? I don't. I'll, uh, I'll probably end up filming people the rest of the season after my third season's done here. Um, been finding quite a bit of mushrooms though. That might take out some of my time. Yeah, for sure. There's, they're starting to really pop here uh, after we that last little sprinkle we had, and uh, I went out and checked, and they are starting to pop. the The yellow sponges definitely are. So, hopefully, yeah. I, usually, hopefully, I can find a bunch of find, them soon. Usually, you find the the grays and and then the yellows like throughout a time period. But I've been finding grays, whites, and yellows all around the same tree. I don't yeah. know if that frost had anything to do with it or what. But. I don't know. Before that snow hit, we had one spot that we found a peckerhead, a gray, and yellow sponges all right next to each other. I thought that was odd. Right next to a giant cottonwood. I tell you what, I've yeah. been finding a lot of mushrooms by cottonwoods, and you don't hear a lot of people talk about that, but uh, that's actually one of my my secret spots. Number one spot is by... A, a giant cottonwood. Did you have the GPS that you could share for that? Uh, no, it is marked on my Onyx with a waypoint. <laughs> However, it will not be shared to anyone. Well, you can share that with, with me. Uh, nope, not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll share a waypoint with you. I just don't know if there's going to be mushrooms there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a wild goose chase to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, man. Good chatting with you. Um, maybe I'll put one down in the next couple of days and get invited back to the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a <laughs> you can, got some more you can bring to the table. And um, there's something else I was going to ask you too. Oh, um, on that turkey hunt, you you obviously got it on film or whatever. We can be expecting to watch that episode here pretty soon. Then. Uh, yeah, I was trying to see if I would kill one here in the next couple of days and kind of compile compile a two-for-one deal. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But uh, we'll see. That hunt's pretty much done and edited. I'm just waiting to see. Cause it was so short and sweet that 
I'm going to see if I got another hundred I can throw with it. Gotcha. Give the episode a little more meat, hopefully. Yep. Right on. Well, all right, man. Well, you have a good night, and uh, hopefully we'll be t- chatting with you again here this coming week. All right. Yeah, sounds good, buddy. All Take right. it easy. See you, Jake. All right. Now on the phone, I've got Nick Chambers of Kansas. And if you remember, he was on the last podcast, got his first bird down there in Kansas and was going after a second one. And he did just that. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. So you're tagged out in Kansas. Is that right? I am tagged out. Yep. I wish I had a third one. I've been seeing a few uh, strutters out there and it's hard not to be able to go after them. But Well, I bet. And tell you what, after seeing the, the video which will be going live uh, very soon, the second episode. The first episode's already live. The second bird uh, will be going live here really soon, too. But uh, holy cow, tell me about that hunt, because there was just gobbler after gobbler kept coming in. Yeah, they did. I couldn't believe it. I knew there was a few in there, but I didn't know there was, you know, five more remaining after I shot the first one, which is encouraging. Um, But that whole week, um, I think Sunday I took my my son out, um, tried to get one on film with him and uh, we didn't see anything but uh, had a gobbler st- uh, show up on camera a little bit later that evening and then the whole week I never had a single Tom show up until Friday and I had two or three um, all day so I knew it was going to be pretty good so I made sure I was out there first thing Saturday morning and ready to go. Now where do you where do you think they go? I mean you said you didn't have them on all week did they it just disappeared. Was, no, was it weather? You think, or yeah, our our weather has been a roller coaster ride, and I don't know if that played a factor into it. Um, I was still seeing the hens, but I just wasn't seeing the gobblers. It's just, just really weird, unless you know the camera was just missing them in between or something. Gotcha. So you go into the weekend. You're hunting that Saturday. You said you had birds on camera that Friday all day. So yep. you, you expected them to roost close. Uh, yeah, and they um, they did. They were kind of where right where i expected them to be and uh right at first light they were already gobbling they were fired up um, finally had somewhat of a calm morning which is uh, which is a nice surprise yeah for um, kansas oh man it's been brutal lately but uh yeah they they were put on a show the whole morning all the way up to when i shot that bird and then even afterwards they just kept coming so tell me about so, it you uh you had uh, some other birds work in first or some hens or yeah, I had some hands, and I could hear them coming down the creek the whole way, which was really exciting. And uh, the hens popped out first, and they, you know, they milled around for a while. And uh, I knew that Tom's wouldn't be too far behind if the hens popped out and were coming in front of me. And yeah. uh, they were just, you know, they were they were fired up that morning. It was very exciting. Yeah. So the if uh, you guys watch the first episode, you'll see Nick shot that bird, hit a little low, hit it a little back. And the bird just took off flying and went a pretty good ways, but he ended up finding it. Um, but I don't think this bird did that, and I can't wait for people to watch this because <laughs> I started dying laughing, and I know it shook you up pretty good, which... It surprised me. Yeah, that, that takes quite a bit. It was almost embarrassing, my, uh, my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I love it. I mean, it was, it's so real and raw. It's hilarious, yeah. but... So tell us what happens. The bird's what, 15, 20 yards? What is he? Yeah, he's. I'm guessing he's only 15 yards away. And, you know, I'm holding off. It's, you know, it's, it's so hard to hold off when you've got him right there. And uh, you don't want him to get away, but you also want to get some good footage of him. And 
I had that second Tom come in to, you know, help him check out that Jake decoy and help him beat up that Jake decoy. And, and, uh, like I said, I held off as long as I could. And I finally tried to let it rip and, uh, man, it smacked him hard. I hit him right where I wanted to. And, uh, he made a big circle. We're running as hard as he could. And he smacked right into the blind right in front of me. And, uh, after he bounced off the blind, he ran out right from the blind, maybe five yards, and just just fell over dead. So that was one of the coolest, <laughs> coolest yeah. hunts for me. Yeah, and I mean, this turkey just comes plowing through, and you can hear the audible too in the in the video. Just you can just hear it just smash that blind, and, bounce yeah. off, and you can just hear Nick going, "Holy crap! Holy crap!" Yep, I felt like I could have reached out the edge of the blind and just grabbed it by the neck, but oh yeah, for you know, sure, I, I was just shocked that he made the circle and he was coming right at me i, I was just kind of frozen there i yeah. can't believe it so so that bird goes down then what happens so i i just sat there and kind of enjoy the moment i was just in shock and uh and it didn't take long at all and here comes a couple more hands and a couple more toms and then another tom shows up so there's three coming right into me and uh then a fourth tom shows up and there's four four long beards out there with the, a few of the hens and it made, you know, I, to be honest, I've made a, uh, film filming blooper. I don't think when I set up the camera, I hit the manual button and I didn't realize it until the sun come out and the exposure, you know, was too much. But, uh, I guess, you know, things happen when you're solo filming and, uh, turkey hunting in general, yeah. especially with a bow and, yeah. uh, and the I just didn't catch it right away. Yeah. Yep, for sure. But, so that morning, you saw a grand total of how many gobblers? So there was five longbeards total that morning. <clears throat> wow, that and, is uh, incredible. Yeah, I can't remember how many hens, but uh, it was just just amazing that you know they were firing off and carrying yeah. on, and, and they just kept I they kept going. And I I bet I sat in the blind for an hour after I shot that bird, just you know watching them and listening to them. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. So you're tagged out. Do you? have a family member or someone else you're taking out there or are you done um, done for the season? I don't know yet. Um, my, uh, my wife would like to shoot one. Um, but with the newborn and stuff that would make it be really, really tough. Um, I have to get some help from my, from my mom or her mom or something. Um, she enjoys going out and shooting turkeys and, um, yeah, there's a few, a couple guys that I could take out. I'd like to, sure. Uh, just you know, trying to get all the timing right, and when everybody's not so busy. Yeah. But if I get that chance, I would love to get back out and, and film somebody else shoot one. Heck yeah, it's about as much fun. So. Yeah, oh yeah, and if nothing else, you uh, you've got a great crop for next year. Yeah, I hope so because I'm not sure if many of the listeners are aware how bad the the turkey population here in Kansas has dropped, but it's uh, pretty significant. So I was um, extremely fortunate to, to have the birds that I did in that little area. What's uh, what's going on there? I guess I haven't really paid much attention or heard much about uh, that. So they've already um, started um, cutting the amount of tags given out. Um, only two, two Kansas units, um, you can get a secondary, what they call a game tag, shoot a second bird and, Luckily, ours um, was in that unit, one of the two units. Otherwise, you can only shoot one, and I've got a feeling that's coming our way next year or the year after unless something 
changes drastically. So do you think it's uh, hunters shooting too many birds or something mm, else? I don't think so. Killing I, them off. I, I think uh, I think a lot of it has to do with predators. Really? Um, the fur prices went went in the dump here. Oh, it's been a while, five, ten years ago now. And so you got so many coons, possums, uh, skunks running around, and that's uh, such an easy male to right? Yo, yeah. Um, yeah. But the eggs, the hens lay the eggs, and the coons and the possums and skunks won't let that go. If they if they run into a nest, they're gonna. I've got something interesting um, to tell you though. Them. Oh yeah. Um, actually, one of the guys on the team, uh, Justin Repke, uh, found a turkey nest uh, a couple different times, and he put a trail camera over it mm. to see if anything came in and and That's whatnot. And uh, it's pretty cool um, because the sequence one. You could see the hen at nighttime. This is like nighttime, evening, night was mm-hmm. actually coming to those eggs. And uh, she would go back and forth. And on both of those instance, instances, it wasn't raccoons, it wasn't possums or anything, or skunks or nothing else. It was coyotes. Coyotes, coyotes came in and destroyed both of the nests, uh. ate all the eggs. And that and, was interesting to me. I did not know. I mean, I'm not saying that they want it, but I would have put my money on a possum or a raccoon or something of oh, that nature sure. destroying that nest before a coyote ever would. I mean, I could see the coyote yeah. going after the turkey itself. Uh, wow. Yeah, but the coyote came in and actually destroyed both of those. So pretty mm, interesting. Well, and if I remember right, I could be wrong on this. I'm not sure if it's the right state or not, but I think Kansas passed the new law that just this past year of where you can hunt coyotes at nighttime now. Yes. And, uh, I would love to, I, I don't have the gear yet, but, uh, that's on the radar for sure. Well, I definitely know a guy that knows how to do it. And that's Justin Repke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. He should come down and hunt with me then. Cause I got lots of coyotes to hunt. Yep. He's, yeah, he's really good at it. Here. And, and I'm assuming that might have something to play into why they did that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. um, trying to knock out some predators if, uh, if it's killing off the game. Right. Yeah, they're probably a, you know a step ahead of me. Um, I know we have predator problems, and, and that's that's interesting information. If I get a chance to, and I stumble upon a nest, I will put up a camera too, see if I get the same results. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I can tell you from experience that when you hunt coyotes at nighttime, it's not even really hunting them. It's it's almost like you're killing them just because um, the amounts you can get. Of a night versus hunting them daytime, trying to call right. them in, is just astonishing. I mean, though, yeah, those guys will kill ten, uh, twenty-five coyotes a night. <laughs> um, and and I know we do it on our property every year. I have Justin and them come, and we'll go out a few times and uh, usually kill ten dogs or more. Uh, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna have to make that a priority. Yeah, sure. it's a uh, we got we got problems here. Yep, it definitely helps for sure. So. Well, with that being said, man, you had a great season, tagged out. You might get out yep. again, might not. I but would, yep. um, um, I, I don't know if everyone's watched the first episode or not of his first bird, but it's live, and the second one will be live actually tomorrow uh, on uh, Monday. So make sure you guys tune in to the YouTube channel and the uh, Facebook page. They will be live on both of those. So uh, really looking forward to uh, – everyone seeing the second one 
And the first one turned out great. And, uh, yeah, man, congrats. Heck of a season. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think they'll like the second one even better. Heck, yeah, yeah. So, well, hey, Nick, it's good catching up with you. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll catch you uh, next time if you uh, go out with a buddy or take your wife or something. I'm sure we'll, we'll do. Talk, I'll we'll, get another one on camera. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. But uh, right. if not, uh, have a good rest of your week. You too, man. Have All a good right. one. See you. See you, Nick. All right, and now on the phone, I've got Josh Christensen. I, did I say that right, Christensen? Yeah. That's it. All right. Not many people get it, but you got it. All right. And he's out of Tennessee, and uh, him and his girlfriend, Taylor, or fiance now, right? Yeah, fiance. Fiance. Uh, We're six weeks out. She reminded me yesterday. Awesome, man. Awesome. So you guys started out your season, I know, with Sean and Stormy some, and you guys went to – Nebraska and Kansas. Is that right? Turkey hunting? We did. Yep. Made the, I think it's right at 11 hour trip out there and join them. So right on. that was a blast. And how'd that trip go? Did you guys get come close? Did you guys get a bird or fill me in on that? So talk about a swing and a miss multiple times. I'm not gonna say we didn't have multiple chances to kill because we did. We just couldn't make it connect. We had multiple birds inside of 30 yards, and uh, Taylor had uh, her dad's crossbow. If we end up getting one with her crossbow, she was going to try her compound. But uh, we just, every time, seemed like every time we'd get going our right way, it would veer off and, and uh, we'd strike out. But main thing is uh, we had a blast. Um, I just... Uh, Having Sean and Stormy there trying to try and keep us up and going uh, with them killing multiple birds, it was kind of a kick in the knee at times, but uh, we did have fun. We had two. Uh, I actually ended up calling across the road. Um, ended up getting permission on, tell you a funny story, we got permission on uh, some ground that was actually the wrong piece of property and had to call the birds across the highway because I got on Onyx and I had my phone oriented wrong and got the wrong property permission, ended up calling the birds across the highway and they got within 30 yards and a motorcycle went by and uh, spooked them and they veered off and she couldn't get a shot. She was too low. But we had, like I said, we had probably close to 10 opportunities. We just couldn't seal the deal on Oh, man, it had to be frustrating, but I'm sure it was a blast being out there. It was, yeah. And uh, so I, you said you guys were hunting with bows. And, well, I guess in Nebraska you had to be, right? Uh, that was uh, arch, yep. that was uh, early archery season, is that right? That it was, yeah. Yep. We started off with uh, with only bows and then ended up going to Kansas for one day. And uh, But all the six days we were in Nebraska, it was only archery. Gotcha, gotcha. And no luck in Kansas then. No, uh, I bought a Kansas tag. Cam- Taylor was going to run the camera for me because I was trying to get her bird um, set up a couple different times right off the roof. Uh, ended up down too low. They got above us, and by the time I crawled up there to get a shot on the tom, uh, Jake had actually come to our right and run the tom off. I could have killed the Jake, but it was 30 minutes after first light, and I figured I'd have another chance. Um, we was about four miles from the truck at that point, ended up hiking back and jumping around to more property, public properties to find, um, 
struck one up around one o'clock right above us on a ridge in the open field. Uh, got up there to him, made his first setup, and he just he would never commit. So I tried to do a stalk on him, and uh, I ended up going to a faint little finger of woods, and I was crawling. And when I got up, he was standing there right in front of me, and I couldn't get my gun up fast enough to shoot him. Ended up taking off. So Dang it. that was our luck in Kansas. <laughs> so struck out Nebraska, struck out Kansas. You guys come back home to Tennessee. Yep. And and walk us through that then. So uh, the, the, we got back Thursday evening, had to work Friday. Saturday rolls around and we step out. We just bought this property. We haven't been here quite a year. It's uh, a house out in the middle of nowhere on uh, 70 acres. We stepped out the back door and one fired up right on the, the property line to the north side. So we got out, out there set up, worked him for probably 45 minutes, ended up finally hearing some hens with him. Um, could not, just, just couldn't make it happen. He ended up going farther north on property. I couldn't hunt, so we were just kind of sitting there discouraged. And I heard a faint gobble back towards the house. And I asked Taylor, I asked her if she uh, said, could you tell her that was? She said, I really don't know. So we're sitting there. I waited a few minutes, um, hit the call again, and he ended up hammering. I was like, that bird's closer, and he's definitely behind the house. So we packed up everything, ran back to the shop. My shop's about 100 yards from the uh, house, and we were standing there just kind of thinking about where that, that call came from and ended up calling, and he hammered right in front of us probably 75 yards. Oh boy, uh, that's uh, so <laughs> kind of got in a pickle because here we are standing next to my shop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we dropped down. There's a there's a blackberry flower box that the previous owners had built, and it's sticking off. There's a shooting house there. It's like it used to be an old playground. The guy boxed in the lower side for storage, and then has a eight by eight shooting room up top. And uh, we basically hid behind the flower box. And ended up calling him up. I, he, he, he went away. And I stopped calling. And he ended up finally coming up the ridge on the old four-wheeler trail that was there previously. And uh, that third degree did you guys, TSS. And, what's that? Did you guys have put out a decoy at all or no? We did. <laughs> I, I got it out and was in such a panic because the bird was so close. I didn't stick the stake down far enough. And it fell over. So it's laying there on its side, but he ended up seeing it. Oh boy! He could, yeah, he seen it there and ended up finally committing because he was he was very leery at the the first point of coming out into the edge of the yard. Yeah, and then so. he, and then he comes charging in, and uh, you said Taylor put down the crossbow and's got a shotgun. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. She grabbed the. It was a shotgun season here, and. uh a 20 gauge with uh, the third degree uh, five, six, and sevens. The sevens, the TSS, and he come into I think 38 uh, steps and threw that head up. And I told her to try him, and he didn't flop once. I mean, when I said not flop, he never flopped. Very few birds I've ever seen not flop. He was stone cold third degree dead. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that's a. Uh... That's probably her first bird and uh, the first bird you guys have shot on that new property then, right? It is, yep. Well, congrats. That is super cool. Thank Um, you. 
shooting it on your own property, that has to be pretty special. It is. Yep, that's what everybody strives for is get their own little parcel and do what you think's right on it and make it all happen. It just is bittersweet moment. Right on. So I know you were going back and forth with Sean just this past weekend. I've just we talked to Sean earlier, but um, are you going to be going on public now, or are you uh, get plan on hunting some more at home, or what's your what's your plans going forward for the rest of your season then? So I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to try here at, half, at the house a few more times. I, I end up seeing one today. Um, I think I end up spooking him trying to, to – because we were walking up the ridge and trying to glass to see if – because there were some crows up there. And I told her, I said, there may be a bird up there. And end up, I've seen a long beard, but he, I think he spotted us before we seen him. I'm going to give him a few more shots, but I'm, I'm willing to break off and try this public thing because uh, – Sean seems to have it mastered down, and it's uh, definitely a thrill to go to a new piece of property you have no, know nothing about other than Onyx and just stomp your feet and find the birds. Right on. And one thing Sean told me, um, I don't know if we were recording or not, but he said uh, uh, he never heard a single turkey gobble on the roost. Correct. Uh, yep. Of a morning, uh, never heard it gobble one time on the roost of a morning, but uh, they would start gobbling once they hit the ground. Do you find that happening a lot there, or is that kind of rare? Not typically. I, I I typically see more birds getting quiet when they hit the ground. I don't know if this, right. these pressured birds on public ground around here don't uh like calling much i know i've i've only i've hunted what's called lbl upland between the lakes it's a little it's over a hundred thousand acres between kentucky and tennessee um i've tried there in the years past and i've not had success but i've had friends that have killed and they say they're extremely call shot if you call more than just a few times you're calling too much those typical calling pattern is actually just scratching leaves doing a few yelps and scratching leaves and just waiting. Trying to probably get in front of them, I'm guessing. Yep, and in front of them, yeah. That's the ambush is typically the best route. But I just thought that was crazy to me. I thought I thought it would be just the opposite because, I mean, our birds are that way here. It seems like, you know, they gobble on the roost. It might not be a bunch of times, but they gobble on the roost, and then when they hit the ground, especially if they got hens, like it's just like tight lip, shut up. And they don't yep. gobble hardly at all. And then he flat out told me that they weren't gobbling on the roost at all. But as soon as they hit the ground, then they started gobbling. I'm like, wow, that, uh, yep. I've not seen that happen very often. But, uh, yeah. And I mean, he obviously knew what he was doing. He got, got the job done on two birds and what, three yep. days. So that's pretty, that's pretty yep. wild. And he was, I think he said he stayed at your place, right? He did. Yes. Yep. So that's awesome. Well, hey, man, congrats uh, to you and Taylor both. You guys are going to be hitched here pretty soon. So a big congrats, congrats will be in order for that. And uh, hopefully you can get you a bird before the wedding, right? That's right. <laughs> I can't let her beat me this year, even though she may. I'm up to bat at least. Yeah, well, that'll be all right if she does. You got to let them get some every yep. once in a while, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, good luck to you the rest of the season, and hopefully you get one. And if you do, I'm sure we'll be talking to you again here on the podcast. So thanks uh, awesome. thanks for the talk tonight, Josh, and uh, have a great week, man. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later, Kyle. Yep.
All right. Now on the phone, we've got Kyle Martin out of Kansas on the phone. First time on the podcast. How you doing tonight, man? Pretty good. Not too bad. It's, uh, it's a beautiful night here, so I can't complain. It's not like 40-mile-an-hour winds? No, not right now. It's, uh, it's actually halfway normal. Uh, uh, give it give it 10, 15 minutes so it could change. Yeah, right on. Well, hey, man, you've had, you had some success here just this past week, and uh, I know it was long overdue, especially after your incidents that you had happened leading up to that. So I want to start with those because – Guys, I can't make this up. You got to hear these stories. It's uh, this is as wild as it gets. So I guess take us through the start of your season and uh, get us to the point. You know of the 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 day you've got your bird. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I guess first off, you know, our, our our turkey numbers have been down pretty bad over the past several years. So. Hey, Kyle. Kyle, can you hear uh, me? While, Kyle, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, you got me yeah. on speaker. No. You don't? Okay. It's kind of sounding a little uh-huh. echoey, so um, I was just wondering. If if you're not on speaker, then that's good. That's good. You're good. So um, No, I'm, I'm sitting outside. <laughs> okay. No big deal. I'll edit this little part out. So, anyways, in three, two, one, go. Yeah, so um, the numbers have been down here in Kansas the last several years, and uh, Wildlife and Parks has kind of implemented um, – a little different system now for turkeys. So the unit that I'm currently, turkey unit I'm in, I'm used to, used to be able to get two birds. Uh, now it's one, um, but you can still, you know, hunt statewide. You would just have to use to move to a different unit. So uh, I, uh, I found, I've got several different spots that typically have real good roost and hold a decent amount of turkeys. Um, we got on some birds uh, I knew that were roosting in the same area basically every year. And a good buddy of mine, Dustin Lutt, and I went out. First chance I had, I mean, we were two or three weeks in the season. So um, we got set up on them directly uh, below the roost. And first thing they pitched down, it was, I mean, picture perfect. Uh, had the camera on, though. This is, this is my luck with filming. Uh, as soon as I turned the camera on, it died. I uh, have no idea what was going on. And so I got a GoPro running, and he's going to now film it with the sound. So uh, Jake's get on the decoys real quick. And uh, now I, mean, I want to stop you there for a second, stuff. Kyle, because I, if don't know who Dustin Lutt is, this dude is like an absolute killer on taking pictures and videography um, for Rock House Motion. You mean to tell yeah, me this, this yeah. guy didn't carry a camera along with him? <laughs> well, it was going to be one of those. He already had a turkey uh, tag filled. And he was looking to fill a second, so we were going to, you know, if we had a couple toms, I would shoot first because on my ground, and uh, if there was another one around, he could maybe try and fill his second tag. So, gotcha. we were going to do the old switcheroo in the blind, and uh, turns out there was just one tom in the group, uh, and the three jakes, you know, like sometimes they'll do they. They were not letting that Tom come in, so he he hung out about thirty five forty yards, um, having the camera issues we're having, and uh, I decided to let one fly. And I mean, it looked like a picture perfect shot, and uh, he he just stood there and kept gobbling at us. So I took a second shot, missed, and the gig was up. So wow. from that point, it was it it was on to Plan B. Um, 
they weren't they weren't spooked off too bad. We're gonna we're gonna try to get back on those birds here in the next three or four days. Uh, they had women messed with, so they're still there. Right on. It was a uh, pretty exciting and uh, uneventful hunt. You yeah. couldn't ask for any better besides the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> and the camera equipment not working. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was beautiful. Alfalfa field, there's deer in the background walking all over the place. All, you know, the Tom and all the Jakes are all strutting in just every call. They're shot gobbling at us. I mean, it, it would have been one for the books, uh, <laughs> had it, had it been eventful. So, yeah. Okay. So from there, uh, I, uh, I went out the next morning out by my house in a different unit. And same type of deal. I, I decided to take the uh, shotgun out this time and uh, got set up, had them gobbling in the roof. Um, they pitched down, and, I mean, it took them a little while to get to me, but same type of deal, short wheat, some of them all the way across. And <laughs> they get to the decoys, two toms, beautiful toms. And uh, I pull up the shoot and click. And I, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This this can't be real. So I lower it down, jack the shell, put another shell in, click. And on the second click, they heard it. They knew it was up because they were only eight yards away. Oh, man. And they were gone. So I go to hunt number two. <laughs> do you think it was the, the shells then, or do you think it was the gun? or? You know, I don't know because I ended up, uh, taking the third shell that was in there, and that's actually what I killed the tom with that I did kill um, that evening. So I'm not sure. There wasn't any, uh, you know, firing pin marks on them. But, it, I mean, it sounded like it, it hammered down and just shells didn't go off. I'm not sure what the deal was. Man. Ran several, several other shells through it, and they seemed to work fine. So I don't know. It must have been the shells. Enough to make you sick. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to make matters even worse, I I have a turkey hunter for the last two years, just for several reasons, being busy and all sorts of other stuff going on. So this is kind of a getting back in the saddle type deal. Um, but yeah, so um, that evening um, I got another set of birds, um, got on them. Kind of, I could see them out in the middle of one of our pastures, and got to sneak on them, got up ahead of them. I knew where they were going and got, got set up. Are you there? Yeah. You got set up. Uh, yeah. I got set up. And, uh, as soon as they saw the decoys, the toms broke from the hens and just came sprinting to us. And, uh, cameras on them. It's rolling. Beautiful. They're running in beers. They're swinging. Stop shot gobble. And, uh, they get up into about 10 yards and, uh, I laid the hammer on one and it was, it was real good. Uh, got out and I started, you know, doing the old hero interview and walk over there, uh, to the bird and I'm getting ready to show it to the camera and the cattle in the pasture for whatever reason, spook run right by my blind and knock my camera over and shatter it into pieces on a rock. <laughs> oh my god! So, 
I'm I'm beginning. I don't, to think I don't that, know about you, Kyle, but I think uh, I would have been going home with a turkey and beef. Well, <laughs> you, you, I can't say the thought didn't cross my mind. Oh yeah, it, it's a good thing the camera wasn't still recording because there was definitely some choice words said. <laughs> I can only imagine that's enough to make you want to throw up right there. Oh, go yeah. go from yeah. a, go it, from a high of got the job done after all that bad luck, and then oh, the cows said, "Hang on, watch this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and the worst part of it is the way it landed on this rock. It couldn't have been any more perfect. It hit right where the SD cards go in, and it bent. There's two. It, it'll take two SD cards, and it bent them both over. So I can't even get them out. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Just a, a deep breath. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I got a tricky down. Got another camera on the way. Uh, got everything figured out. So, um, there's still some pretty good birds around here. Uh, plan moving forward is to uh, probably get back on those birds I hunted the first day. Um, my five-year-old, he's wanting to get his first turkey. So, we're going to get him out. And he's been practicing with his 20-gauge and we're going to get him his first turkey and then try and pull my second tag with the bow. Perfect. So you said you were earlier in that uh, zone where you can only kill one, but is there, you can bounce around to different zones. Is that right? Or how's that work to get a second? Yeah. Yeah. They're just limiting the number of, uh, you know, birds you can take per unit. Um, so, I mean, you could, you can move to another unit and fill your tag there. You know, if you got two tags, you just got to make sure that you're in a unit that you can either take two birds or if you can only take one, your second tag needs to be, you know, outside those unit boundaries. Yeah. Now, Nick, uh, who I, we just talked to a little bit ago, was talking about that too, about the turkey numbers being so uh, down from the years past. And I guess I, I asked him what he thought the, the reasoning why the turkey numbers were they were, were the way they were. What's your opinion on, on why they are what they are? Um, well, I mean, to me, honestly, it's, it's a number of things. Um, we've had some hard winters and we've had some really, really dry summers. Um, so, I mean, that definitely, in my opinion, uh, goes hand in hand with the low numbers. And I mean, you kind of see it in the deer too. In, in my unit, my area that I hunt, I mean, I've been here all my life and we still have great deer around, but in my opinion, the, the numbers aren't there like they used to be when we were younger. So, um, I think those two things are definitely a factor. Um, uh, they're, they're, yeah, there's probably a lot of different things that affect that, but I would, I would say those are the main two. Well, as windy as it is in Kansas, I figured maybe some of them blew away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. that, that could definitely happen too. <laughs> no, I was talking to Nick and I, and I know Kansas this past year, Past that law where you can hunt predators at uh, nighttime now, or coyotes at night, and uh, right. So I was wondering, you know, that that definitely is going to help. I would think for sure um, with some sure. of the population yeah. as well, deer and turkeys, everything really. Yeah, we that yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, the predators around here, coyotes, coon, stuff like that for turkeys is our numbers are way high. I mean tons and tons of coyotes um and a lot of the property i hunt is a lot of river bottom 
um, and trick bottom. So, um, the number of coons, you know, which will eat eggs and other animals like that. There's, there's a lot. It needs to be toned down for sure, but it's a hard task to take on. Heck yeah. Well, Hey man, good luck the rest of the season. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll be chatting with you again here soon. Uh, whether you get a bird or get your boy one and, uh, hopefully that camera comes in and, uh, the cattle won't be an issue again. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of starting to think I just need to hire somebody to run this camera because if I touch it, bad things happen. <laughs> uh, you'll get through it, man. I know what it feels like. It it seriously feels like a jinx. Um, there's there's yeah. no doubt about that. I don't know why that is, but it definitely does sometimes for sure. So, but uh, yeah, but self filming is no joke. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. It's not easy at all. But man, it's so worth it when it does come together. Until the cattle ruin it. <laughs> well hey yeah, man. well hey man i appreciate it yeah and we'll uh we'll definitely keep up and uh hopefully i got some good video and some good pictures for everybody to take a look at yeah yeah and hopefully uh like i said hopefully the bad luck is over with and uh straight shooting good footage and happy happily ever after coming soon hey i'll take it yeah all right kyle well you have a good night uh appreciate you hopping on man all right, thanks. We'll see you. Bye. All right, and now on the phone, we've got Chris Walker. He's been on here before. And, uh, Chris, you had some luck, man, uh, turkey hunting. Yeah, about time. These turkeys can be so frustrating. And uh, I've been out twice so far this year. I took my mom uh, two times during first season, and we had no luck. The birds weren't talking at all. And then I had to fly out to Arizona to be a part of my buddy Hayden's wedding. And so I kind of missed the uh, majority first and second season, but third season came in and uh, I headed up north to Aaron and we finally had some luck after striking out the first day. Yeah, so walk me through it. I mean, you you weren't hunting birds or you weren't going where you typically turkey hunt. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So um, – I normally hunt in West Central Illinois, and this time I was going up in uh, to Northern Illinois, and this is completely different than uh, the type of turkey hunting that I'm used to. There's basically huge ag fields and small blocks of timber, and that's usually around creeks and rivers, and so the birds tend to be more concentrated in these small blocks of timber, so it can... Uh, make for some exciting turkey hunts and just kind of easy to pinpoint them right on so you're hunting new territory never hunted there before or have you hunted there before uh this is my third year so basically made this into an annual trip uh where i get to see my buddy darren brandon we get to hang out and do a, a hunt together at least once a year and so um i guess uh, i've been two for three up there so far the last three years right on so when you go up there, are you hunting his property or are you driving around looking for birds, trying to get permission? You hunting private, public? What, what's going on there? Um, it's private property. Um, Darren's a farmer. He's got a pretty good farm. And then they have access to uh, a bunch of other properties. And then uh, my buddy Brandon has a piece of property and so do his parents. So we have uh, a lot of different small properties to try and hunt. And uh, like I said, with them having small blocks of timber up there, the birds are pretty concentrated. So we do a lot of driving around and looking for them and trying to find them when they're not talking. And, uh, that's been pretty successful for us, uh, you know, so far. 
Right on. So take us through um, first morning out. What's going on? So I I got there, um, oh, I guess it would have been Thursday night. And as soon as I pulled up, there's hens out in the field um, on multiple fields. And, you know, I was feeling good about that. But we went to go roost turkeys and really heard no gobbles. And Brandon had hunted this farm uh, a couple of days beforehand and said that there was at least five or six times in this uh, particular area. And they were gobbling going crazy for him. But it was, uh, it was a little cooler um, weather-wise, and uh, the birds were not talking. And uh, once it was kind of cool, we were trying to roost these turkeys and had three bald eagles fly directly above our head, probably about 30 or 40 feet. So that was a pretty cool experience. But, um, not you know, I – I like roosting birds in the evening, but I've learned not to get your hopes up on it if you don't hear them. But it sure is, uh, you know, reassuring when you do hear them and have a, a plan to go in in the morning. Yeah, for sure. So do you you didn't hear any on the roost. Did you still go to that spot the next morning? Yeah, we still went to that spot. And um, we had a, a hen fly down, and she came in running 100 miles an hour down this trail past us and she was on a mission and uh took off and flew across the river and um we heard a couple of distant gobbles but nothing close and then uh we heard some calling and uh we ended up eventually when we stood up uh looked behind us there was a a, a blind in the field and some decoys out in the field probably 200 yards uh behind us so we weren't the only ones out there turkey hunting that morning <laughs> Oh, right on, right on. So, what so, did you do the rest of the day? So that was uh, that was our first set, and then um, Darren had to go uh, to work, and so Brandon and I went and drove around and found uh, some birds off his property. So we snuck um, in the back, and when we got there, we were walking down the logging trail, and there was a, a, I believe it was a Jake. He was kind of at the end of it, but he was walking away, and. He didn't see us, so we were trying to um, creep out to the field edge. And then uh, once we got there, we ended up seeing the giant tom with the two hens we saw uh, from the road initially. And so we got our decoy set up and started calling. And the tom was responding. He would uh, he was strutting back and forth for those hens that he was already out there with. But when I called, it was, uh, you know, he was responding. But I would say he was probably about six, 700 yards away. And so it was kind of funny. We were looking at him uh, with our binoculars, and I had my camera going, and um, we could see him gobbling, but we couldn't even hear him gobble. He was that far away. Wow. Yeah, that's a good click. Yeah, so I ended up calling loud, loud as I possibly could. You know, when you were calling, you were talking about calling really loud where it, like, rattles your eardrums. Yep. Yep, I was actually doing that, just trying to be as loud as possible and getting his attention. Well, I um, his hen, or one of the hens he was with, ended up hearing me, and she just starts having a shit fit, just going crazy. And uh, she ends up working her way to me, and she's uh, cutting and clucking the whole way. And uh, her and I are just going back and forth. And she comes all the way uh, to about 20 yards, sees decoys, and then she still just passes them on the field edge. And, um, you know, I'm calling back and forth to her just to uh, get her all fired up. And then actually fired up another hen that was in the timber to our right. And those two ended up meeting head on in front of us. And 
they kind of uh, squared up and were kind of pecking at each other and just sizing each other up. And meanwhile, the, the Tom's still strutting uh, probably, I don't know, 200 yards out in the field from us now. And he was looking like he was going to come into us. And uh, I think he could see our decoys and everything. But for some reason, he, you know, seemed like he was coming on a string. And then all of a sudden, he didn't want anything to do with those hens that were in front of us or anything to do with us. And he turned and went the other direction. And next thing you know, he was seven, 800 yards away and basically called it a, a day after that. Oh man. So close, but no cigar. Did he have hens with him when he, he came to like 200 yards? Did he still have hens with him or were all the hens no, closest there, to you? There was one other hen. I, I lost her. I couldn't see her, but he ditched her too. And so, he left that hand. He left the two that were in front of us, and he just uh, he just left and went about his business. I don't know if he may have already bred them that morning and um, you know lost interest or, or what, but he just all of a sudden it's not like uh, you know we startled him or anything. He just kind of left and it's like I'm out of here. See you. Oh man, so it was a heartbreak. You're the giant Tom. Yeah, that sucks. So that evening. You guys, you call a day after that. Are you guys roosting that evening then, or no? Um, yeah, we we well, we were actually sitting at uh, Darren's uh, house, and we saw a giant tom go in the field corner about oh, it was about five forty-five in the evening. So we figured that he was going to be roosting close by, and um, we went and visited with some other friends, and so we didn't go out and roost the birds, but. I mean, actually, I guess we were out there for a couple minutes and didn't hear anything, so we just kind of gave up on the roosting because it was cold and uh, there was a storm about to roll in. So we uh, called it a night after that. We got up early, and they were calling for rain. And so we went out and set up in that corner, and, of course, that Tom never gobbled. There was two very, very distant gobbles we heard, but that was it. Um, nothing else. And then it started raining pretty good, so we uh, we decided to call it quits and um, went back, had breakfast, had some coffee, and then we hopped in the truck and uh, decided we were going to go drive around and see if we could find any in the fields. Right on. And did you find Which, any? Yeah, and I I typically had some pretty good turkey hunts on rainy days, and they seemed to always end up out in the fields, and you know I'm sure. Um, you know, some of you guys think or have a better opinion on this than I do, but I don't know if they're going out there to eat the worms and the bugs that are coming up from the rain or, or if they're just trying to um, be out in the fields, get away from predators because they can't hear and see as good when it's raining, but they always tend to end up in the fields from my experience. Yeah, when it's raining, they you can about bet they're going to a field somewhere or an opening of some sort. I think it's a mixture of both of what you just said, um, you know, pecking on the bugs or what it worms and stuff. But I think mostly it's for danger reasons why they're going out there. So they have maximum visibility. And, uh, and I think that's why they do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So you, you find some out there while it's raining, right? In the field. Yeah. So we drove by Brandon's property and we saw, um, we saw, uh, I don't know if it was, it was Jake or Tom, but we saw a bird out there and then, um, we saw another one with two hens and we couldn't see the full property. So we drove, um, around on a different road and that way we were just trying to figure out, 
um, our approach and, you know, where we could get into this field without spooking the birds off. So figured that out. And uh, we thought that this was uh, actually, we we're pretty sure that this was a big, big time. Uh, we had an encounter with the previous day. So we were pretty excited. We, um, Darren had a tag. So both of us had a tag and with two birds being out there, we were feeling pretty confident. So we, uh, start walking through the woods, uh, to get to this field edge and, um, pop out and they're, they're still out there. But as soon as we get to this, um, opening to see out in the field, the, the big time that was with the two hens we saw from the road is getting chased out of the field by two other birds. And we thought at first that they were Jake's, um, and they were probably eight to 900 yards away. So it was really hard to see their beards, but tell their bigger turkeys and uh, tell their male birds from their heads. So um, we, we watched these two birds run them off. I'm like, all right, it's kind of interesting. So I started calling and, um, you know, I, I got their attention. And uh, again, they would gobble. We could see it on the camera and our binoculars, but we couldn't hear it. But this time uh, we had a new strategy. So the day before I actually left my um, strutter decoy, it's like one of those scoot and shoot decoys um, at Darren's and uh, which kind of screwed us over. Cause I think if we had that, we could have got that time that first day. But anyways, we, we took that where uh, Brandon was, you know, holding it up in the air, trying to get their attention. And they kind of acted like they saw, they kept putting their heads up and, responding to the calls and uh, whatnot, but they weren't coming in closer and they weren't really going anywhere. They're just standing in the middle of this field and we couldn't see their hens. So um, we were just trying to figure out what to do, but we basically ruled out doing nothing, just sitting where we were. Um, basically the same thing was going to happen that happened the day before where they would just lose interest or, you know, move on basically. Right on. So we're sitting there going back and forth on what to do. Brandon pulled up Onyx and um, found out who the um, landowner was that the birds were in the field. And Darren um, knew the farmer, so he gave him a call and got a hold of them, and we got permission to go after him. And so that just really opened the door to really get a, a crack at these birds. So um, we decided to creep up on them, and they were – 750-ish yards away um, once we started. So our, our plan was just to hug this tree line and walk towards them. And they were kind of in like this waterway. Um, so they couldn't really uh, see us most of the way. But at one point when we were in this corner, I want to say that we were probably about 800 yards away from them. And they somehow saw us, stuck their heads up, and started running uh, a little bit. And we're like, oh, man, this is game over. Like, how in the heck did they see us and get startled from that far away? Oh, man. But you know how good their eyesight is. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was well, I'm surprised. And so we decided, we're like, well, there's another bird out there. We just got to keep going. And um, at least, you know, if they ran off, we can get up there and get our decoy set up and call. Maybe they'll come in. So we uh, – keep closing in the distance and then um we really didn't know the train there but we got to this edge and there's this big berm um where the the field was lower on one side and then a big berm that came up and uh darren took uh my decoy the full strut one and um slowly creeped up to the top of this berm and uh peeked his head up and looked and you could see those two toms plus the other jake were still in the field 
So um, we decided we were trying to decide if it would uh, be better to stick the decoy up and then come back and call. But um, I didn't want them to hang up and uh, not, you know, know how they're going to react with coming down this hill, not being able to see down there. That I thought was best if Brandon crawled out there, stuck the decoy at the crest of the berm, and then we just uh, hung back. So that's what we did. And the, the two Toms saw the decoy, and uh, there's a little dip in the field, and we're watching this Jake because we couldn't see them. And then I peek my head up a little higher, and I look, and I see two heads, and they're running right at us. And these two toms came hauling right to the decoy. And, I mean, they they were on a mission. They had their heads down, and uh, they were about a foot apart from each other and just running full throttle. Oh, man, that's wild. Beer's just swagging back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you, yeah. you had someone else with you, though, too, right? There was three of yeah. you, right? Yeah, so my buddy Brandon was with us, and he didn't have a tag, um, okay. but – you know, we've always, the three of us have gone together these past years and it's just good time. So I actually had my tripod or my camera on a tripod, but the way that this uh, hill was steep, um, I didn't really even have time to set up the tripod and get the camera on the bird. So I actually um, ripped my camera off the tripod, pulled the lamp remote out, threw, threw my camera to Brandon and I said, hit record and uh, threw it on autofocus and he was like, oh, boy. <laughs> so he uh, he just kind of held the camera up because he was a little further down the hill, and he was able to get some footage. It was a little tricky getting it in focus because uh, we are so low um, to the ground there. But he got in focus, and uh, I dropped my bird. I shot the one on the left. Uh, I yelled out to Darren. I said, all right, I got the one on the left. You get the one on the right. You know, we'll, we'll shoot. When they stopped, and I thought they'd come right into the decoy, but they – stopped and put the brakes on about 25 yards out and stuck their necks up and that's when I yelled kill them and uh, I dropped mine the first shot and I think uh, Darren ended up dropping his on third shot <laughs> oh my but well, I didn't I didn't know that when I when I when they stopped and I said shoot uh, there was a little limb in the way for Darren so I um, didn't know exactly what he was seeing, but it kind of screwed him up a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, we doubled up and got him. Yeah, it worked out. And the footage is actually pretty cool. And you guys will be able to watch this episode here uh, probably this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been editing it today and uh, should have it wrapped up pretty soon. Sweet. Looking forward to watching it, man. And awesome. You got one bird down. So where do you go from here? You got more tags or what's going on? Yeah, um, man, I, I'm going to try. It's going to be uh, – weather's going to be decent this week, but I have um, four friends in from Arizona that have tags, and then my parents have tags, and then um, Sydney and I and my brother have fourth-season tags, and then I have a fifth-season tag too. So there's going to be a lot of turkey hunting coming up, but yeah, I just guys, hope that the – You guys still got a lot of tur- or a lot of tags then. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I just hope that the birds start calling and responding. I don't know what it is this year, but all the times I've been out, I've really not had a single bird gobble back to us. Uh, I mean, I guess those ones were, were, but they were so far away. I didn't really consider that counting, but, you know, gobbling off the roost and all that stuff. So 
I'm hoping they start talking. I think they will. And, you know, I think I, I've talked about this before, and I know the other guys said it too, is, you know, later in the season, those Toms start leaving those – or the hens start leaving the Toms so much earlier because they already got the nest, and they, they go straight to that nest a lot quicker, so those Toms break off a lot quicker. And you add the, the foliage on top of things inside the timber, uh, making it harder for them visible-wise visible to see – to see what's calling or talking and they actually have to commit and come to it um, to, to get a visual. I think that uh, goes hand in hand. So I'm looking forward to this later part of the season. I think it's going to be better um, than the beginning of season, at least for me. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I really can't imagine it being much worse, uh, you know, from what I've experienced and talking to a bunch of other people that really hadn't had any luck either. Right on. Yeah. I, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. Uh, the last couple hunts I've been on is uh, it's been a little depressing. It's been really weird, um, and uh, I'm just hoping that it turns around here pretty quick. But uh, well, hey man, awesome, awesome! Congrats. Um, I saw a tidbit of this video, and it is super cool. So looking forward to seeing the whole episode together. And uh, that's gonna wrap it up, man. Tonight for the podcast. Uh, you know, we had, I, I counted between all the guys on the podcast tonight, between themselves and who they went with and such, but we put down 13 gobblers in in the last week and a few days between the team guys. That's wow. like, Yeah, in four different states, dude. Illinois, Kansas, Tennessee, Missouri. Is that wild or what? That's pretty impressive. Yeah. We've been busy. Yeah, yeah, and we're basically what at the little over the halfway point of turkey season. So, um I think we're going to have a bunch of really cool episodes uh for this year. Already do have some, but uh there's going to be a heck of a lot more, I'm sure. So, looking forward what to did, it. Did did Sean kill half of those? <laughs> yeah, I think Sean Sean between Sean and Stormy, they're at 9. Jeez. 9. Yeah. Uh absolute just he is a turkey hunting fool. I mean, I was talking to Josh, and he was talking about how uh, it was pouring down rain, literally as hard as you can imagine. And Sean was out there wallering through water, you know, foot deep water to to stock up to a turkey. And I'm just like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we both know that on camera gear is not gonna work. So. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah no no thanks to that but uh you know he's he's got her done dude you know uh nebraska kansas tennessee and missouri uh pretty wild pretty that wild. is cool so i uh i wanted to throw something out there so i um i was doing my turkey fan tonight and uh i actually kept the wings too i'm gonna borax them and i think i'm gonna um, attach them to the scoot and shoot decoy to get some more cover so I can hide behind it a little better. But I will say this is the first time in the, the quickest I've ever been able to do a turkey fan. And I, I got these, uh, kitchen shears and they're, uh, they're for like cutting chicken bones and chicken tendons out, but they're, um, they're not scissors, but they're actual shears. And I, I think I picked them up at Aldi. They're like five bucks. And I was able to, uh, cut the tail feathers and the bones out of the wings so quick and it was so easy that I've been missing out all these years uh, on on this method and uh, 
if you guys can pick up some shears for five bucks and all the i'd highly recommend it maybe you should make a video of this because i'm intrigued so on the tail fan you cut the where the bones are at you cut that open um no i mean i just uh the the shears are really strong and so I was able to just uh, cut like a uh, an arch where you cut that gland out and the tail feathers and all the the flesh and stuff. But yeah, uh, with the shears, it was just really easy to get most of the meat off of it and to also cut the the wing bone and all the the flesh off super easy and quick. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, never thought of that. That uh, that makes sense. Definitely have to look yeah. into that. So you have to make a video on that or something. Yeah, if I get lucky enough to get another bird, I'll uh, I'll, to, I'll show you. Yeah, for sure. Pretty sweet. Sounds good. All right, Chris. Well, that hey man, that's going to wrap up our podcast for this week, and uh, hopefully you get on some more, and uh, you'll be on the next one, man. So, uh, oh, yeah. With that being said, good talking tonight, and uh, hope hopefully you guys all enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you again here uh, hopefully end of next week.